0: Good evening, late Church. It's good to see you guys tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. We want to send a special greeting to all those online watching tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're glad that you're with us. And I know that even if you're not with us physically, you'll still be blessed. The anointing, there's no distance in the Spirit. Isn't that right? Amen. So we're glad that you guys are here. Let's get started with some announcements really quickly. First of all, we have both of these series on USB available in the bookstore Right now, both Cross-Eyed and Hear and Be Healed, you guys, were—if how many were here for these series? Tremendous truths being brought forth. Uh, these are the complete series, each one of these, here, uh, Cross-Eyed and Hear and Be Healed, complete series on USB. You can get every sermon that was part of those series. Uh, it's available now. You want to make sure that you get a hold of those so that you can listen to them over and over and over again. There was so much that came forth that uh, I guarantee you didn't get it all in one shot. I guarantee you didn't get, get it all in one shot. So make sure that you get a hold of those so you can listen to them continuously over and over and over again. Get one so that you can give as a gift because uh, whoever hears it and will accept the truths that are being presented. They will be blessed, amen? So make sure that you be a part of that. Pick, pick up your own copy of those in the bookstore. So next, Greater Grace Women's Adventure. You ladies excited for that. Hallelujah. That is tomorrow night. It starts tomorrow, Thursday and Friday night. Doors open at 6 o'clock, but the services start at 7. You want to make sure to get here in plenty of time to get a good seat. You can still register online at lake-church.com or there is an uh, uh, an event on Facebook. You can register that way. And then also our app. Uh, church Center app, once you sign up for the church, when you download that app and look for church, uh, ch- let me try it again. Church Center app, download that, look for Lake Church, then, then you can sign up that way. Amen? And so make sure that you do that. So praise the Lord. I know that you guys will have a good time for that. Uh, Melanie Clay will be the speaker for that. You guys heard Melanie Clay? If not, come and check that out. I know that you will have, you guys will have a tremendous time both in the Word and in fellowship together. Amen. I know that you ladies never have a problem conversating, so you can talk about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, worship the Lord together with, with our giving. Amen. So I want to make you guys aware, if you didn't already know, we are uh, taking up a special offering. We want to be able to bless uh, David and Shonda Tompkins. They are starting a missionary training school in Uganda, and in that area of the world is predominantly Muslim, so they have a need, amen, they have a need to hear the truth of the gospel, the truth that Jesus died for them. And that God has reconciled mankind unto himself. And that as long as we reach out to him in faith, he is pleased. You know, that's the thing. That's how you minister to the Muslim uh, faith is that there can be certainty that God is pleased with you. Amen? You're looking at me like, huh? Really? I'm telling you. So that's how you minister to a Muslim is because in that faith, there's no guarantee that God is ever pleased with you. It, It is a religion of works and the more extreme your works are, the hopefully God's pleased with you. That's how their faith works, and so they need the truth of the gospel just like anywhere else in the world. Now, the world will try to tell you that Muslim is the fastest, Islam is the f- fastest growing faith in the world, but that is not true. It may have a strong foothold in that region in the world, but Christianity, true faith in the one true and living God, the Creator of the universe, is the greatest and most uh, uh, pervasive and effective certainly most effective faith on the planet amen but we want to uh, raise a special offering for them that we're going to present to them when they're here in June we want to make sure that they are blessed by what we're able to give them that they have a a strong start on what they're endeavoring to do you know it's God's idea and so he'll pay for it isn't that right so uh, Lake Church is a part of the answer to their prayers that's a good spot for an amen. I said Lake Church is an answer to their prayers so when they're here, we want to make sure that we can bless them with a, with a sizable offering so that they can get started on that. Now you can give a little bit here a little bit there um, you can give you know once a month wherever whatever God has put on your heart, I encourage you to prayerfully consider what it is that God would have you give into that ministry. And uh, I promise you that uh, it'll bear much fruit. Amen. It's, it's fertile ground to sow into, and uh, it's certainly uh, that's certainly needed. Amen. So make sure that you prayerfully consider giving that, and that's above and beyond your tithes, uh, but a special offering. And you know, sacrifice is only sacrifice if it hurts a little bit. Isn't that right? I'm just throw that out there. Amen. So. Uh, there are several ways that you can give here. If you're watching online you know, and you say, you know, I want to be a part of what's going on there, you can join in too. If you're watching online, you can give uh, at lake-church.com. There's a giving tab. If you click on that, you can give that way safely and securely. It's super easy, super convenient. Those of you that are here with us in person and you'd like to give uh, in cash or credit card, then you can give. There's envelopes in the back, uh, seat backs in front of you. You can give that way and that way you can uh, keep a record of your giving. Uh, also there's a number on the screen text to give if you text the word give to that number and again if you're not familiar with how that works there are printed instructions on how to do that in the seat back in front of you also you can give through the church center app church center app that you download look for lake church and then you can give that way if you're not familiar with that there are printed instructions in the foyer on how to get signed up with the app amen so no shortages of ways to give and to sow into the kingdom Isn't that right Amen. So let's pray together over our offering, and then we will get started tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to meet together, to receive from you, Father. And Lord, as we sow tithes and offerings tonight, we do so in faith. We thank you, Lord, not to seek blessings, but to seek you and to further your kingdom, Father. And Lord, we call it done in Jesus' name, Father. Amen.
1: Amen. Good evening, Lake Church. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and let's see if we can make some ground tonight. Amen. Be all right. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Can we lift our hands and give God praise tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. So, a little bit of review, and then we're going to get right into it. Uh, It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus who are faithful in Christ Jesus. We understood that Paul is uh, a name that was changed through his transformation. He was Saul of Tarsus. And his trans, uh, transformation in Christ caused him to take the name Paul, which changed the whole disposition of who he believed he was. He said, "I am small, I am little." And you know, when Jesus comes into your life, praise God, He is big, and we are small and little. Amen. But then he goes on; and he says, "An apostle," the word apostolus, the highest office in the fivefold ministry. So he's basically saying and drawing contrast to the fact that in himself he is small, he is little, but in Christ he is big and large, amen? And that's true of each and every person who is born of God. We may look small on the outside, we may not be able to meet up with what we're against in ourselves, but greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world, amen? And then he talks to, uh, he says, uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus, a sent one of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and we talked about that, uh, to the saints, hegeos in the Greek, which means those that are like the master. Amen? What is a saint? It is one who is like the master. Another translation is holy one. Amen? Amen? Aren't you glad that Jesus has made you holy? He has separated you, amen, and made you holy. Holy who are in Ephesus, and we went through in great detail the story of Ephesus and how the church was started, and are faithful in Christ Jesus. And then it says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we look at this, this is a common greeting Not only in the Apostle Paul's letters, but also in all of the Gospel writers' letters. Grace and peace. And notice the order. The order is very important. Because you can't have peace unless you've received grace. Amen? And so grace has to do with God's disposition towards us. It has to do with our position in him. That God has graciously opened his hand to us and has made Jesus the yes and amen for everything, praise God, that we would need that pertains to life and God in us. And that is the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God and the keros giftings of God in everything he is. That is what he means by grace, whether it's grace. In disposition, our grace and empowerment, you can only receive the peace of God until you have rectified yourself in God's grace. Because when I receive God's grace, I have peace with God. Amen? When I'm trying to work, when I'm trying to labor to be accepted, when I'm trying to do. Dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Jump through all the hoops and do the religious dance. I do not have peace. It's only when I recognize that Jesus Christ took my place. And that it's not about what I do. It's about what he did. When I receive that grace, then I receive peace. Now this word peace. Uh, is very important because it basically is the Greek equivalent to peace in the Old Testament, which is shalom in the Hebrew. And peace doesn't just mean quietness. It doesn't mean without turmoil. It means presence. It means wholeness. It means prosperity. It means abundance. It means peace preservation, it means protection, it means healing and well-being in every area of your life. Aren't you glad that the Prince of Peace has come into your hearts and enthroned himself in your hearts to give you well-being in every dimension that you have, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? And so he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then he goes on and says this. And this is very, very important. We may, we may just stay here. I don't know. This is really a, a powerful scripture. Very, very, <clears throat> what we're entering into as we go from verse 3. I believe on down to probably, oh my goodness, verse 14. It's one sentence. It's just one sentence. And it is the most power-packed, concise sentence. It is the gospel of God to us. If you want to know what the gospel is, if you want to know what the Pauline revelation is, it's found in verses 3 through 14. And as we discover and look at this, we need to see ourselves in these scriptures. Because it's not just enough just to to read them or to even, you know, uh, agree with them. We have to see the transaction happen in our lives. This is positional truth. Positional truth. This is how God sees us. Now, whether or not you see yourself as that, is a different story entirely. But this is how God sees us. And so the whole crux of developing and growing in God is to get God's image of you rather than your own personal image identified with this world. You've got to start seeing yourself as he sees you. So this these verses are vital in understanding who you are, what you have. And after he gives these verses, he he couples it with a prayer, a prayer that helps you get the eyesight that you need to see yourself in the previous scriptures. Amen? And so we'll examine that. But let's look at that. It says, blessed, praise God. I like the blessed in the Hebrew. Now, this is in the Greek, but blessed in the Hebrew is happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Amen. Happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Amen. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, what's that next word? Now, what tense is that? It's past tense. We're going to go th- through these verses, and I want you to pay attention to the fact that every one of them is in the past tense tense. This has already been done. It was not just already done when Jesus hung on the cross. It was done before the foundation of the world. Jesus just simply ratified what God's desire and plan was before the world began. Now, what does that tell us about our God? That tells us that he is a God who has a plan. And that he has constructed and organized and basically got the blueprint for each and every person in this room. Come on now. Every person in this room. So that means provisions there. That means connections are there. That means, guess what? You're going to make it. Yes. I said you're going to make it. God already sees you at the finish line. Yes. No, you didn't get it. You're not awake tonight. God already sees you at the finish line. Right. He already sees you totally possessing everything that his son died for. He sees you accomplishing the mission that you were brought on earth for. He sees it done. Hello. He has established his word in heaven. It is up to us to establish his word on earth. And we have to understand that he has written everything in advance and has put everything in our pathway. It's just up to us to walk in a way that we are able to see what we need to see to get a hold of what God has already done. Do you understand that? This is a major revelation. I, 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 you know, we, we teach on it a lot because it's part of train, it's part of what we do. But you've got to understand that the Bible needs to be read just like a lawyer would read a legal document. And that means every word is important. It's not put there for happenstance or just to, you know, make filler. It's the word, the tense of the word is vital and important for you to understand. Because many believers are looking for God to do something. God, if you would just do this. God, if you would just make this happen. Well, these scriptures teach us that he has made it happen already. And that through the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are already blessed. Amen. We are blessed because he has blessed us. He has blessed us. Now, notice says in Christ. So all the gift and all the inheritance isn't within ourselves. It's not, and and, and that's good news, because we can't merit it. Oh, come on now. We don't have to work for it. Amen. We don't have to jump rope for it and jump through hoops and act all, you know, and and act a certain way. Praise the Lord. Now, praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit's here to change our nature and make us more like Christ. I understand that. But when it comes to the blessing of God, we're blessed in Christ. So that takes all the pressure off me. That takes all the pressure off you. Amen? How many, how many woke up and were blessed? How many woke up and felt blessed this morning? Okay, how many have ever woke up and didn't feel blessed? I've done that as well. It don't matter! It don't matter! That scripture's true whether you feel like it or not. I'm telling you, if you've got a negative balance in your bank account, you've got pain in your body, And your wife's fixing to walk out the door. That scripture's just as true. If you won the lottery and everything's going good, that scripture's the same. It's absolutely the same. Blessed. Praise God. Who has blessed us in Christ with every... I like that. It doesn't say with half or three quarters or, you know, a quarter. It says with every, now notice this, spiritual blessing. And this is where people get mixed up. They get mixed up on the spiritual blessing stuff because they'll say, well, that's just spiritual things, brother. That doesn't have anything to do with anything physical. You see, it says right there, spiritual blessings. But you have to understand Jesus revealed to the Samaritan woman, remember this? He said, God is a spirit. Now, notice the language there. He doesn't say God is spirit. Oh, you're not? Are you awake out there? He says, God is a spirit. So, that's the classification of who he is. So, a spirit has spirit things. Amen? Amen. So that means this, that everything God gives us is always spirit first. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go over here to, um, I've I've shared this with you before. But um, let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and starting with verse number 14. You'll have to turn there if you, you know, I don't have it on my, but Ephesians chapter three, verse 14, this is a prayer of the apostle Paul. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you. Now notice this, this is the divine exchange. This is the way everything is exchanged. In the kingdom of God. Spirit. How do we get what God has for us in the spirit. The spiritual blessings. Into the physical realm where we experience physical blessing. How many realize that? Amen. Amen. How do I get healing in my body? How do I get provision in my life? How do I. um, How am I able to experience. Who I am positionally in him in a physical way. Okay? It's found right here in this scripture. Notice what it says. That, uh, that according to his riches, to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened. Now, when we talk about strength in the Bible, you're talking about health and healing is what you're talking about. Because there's no one that is truly healthy that isn't strong. So so we, I've shared with this over and over and over again is that strength is a spiritual force. So we, we have two examples of strength in the scripture. We have Samson who was strengthened when the Holy Spirit would come upon him. And he was not a muscle man. He was just a normal, normal guy. Otherwise, it's not miraculous. There's nothing miraculous about a big old... Lou Ferrigno type character carrying off some gates. But when you've got a guy that, uh, my goodness, it looks like John Barker. <laughs> Sorry about that, John. And, and he's able to do those feats. That's the anointing of God. So the strength would come on him and it would cause him to shake. And remember, when he had his hair cut off and he was disobedient and the anointing left him, he tried to shake himself. There's a lot of people trying to shake themselves. Amen? So you got to understand, when the spirit comes on you and you shake, that's one thing. But to try to shake and cause the spirit to happen, that's another thing entirely. Amen? So strength came from the Lord. Then we look at Mark chapter 5 and we see the demoniac of Gadara, the demonized man in the region of Gadara, and it says, man, he would break chains, and they couldn't bind him, and, and uh, you know, he'd cut himself and things of that nature, and he exhibited great strength. No man could handle him because of the strength. So that tells you that strength is a spiritual force, either through the spirit of God or through the spirit of demonic power. Now, I've seen young ladies, you know, wrestle grown men down because they're demonized. Hello. Because strength is a spiritual force. So that means that when it comes to the strength in our bodies, which is health and healing to our bodies. Come on now. It's a spiritual force that has to be received. See, the great thing about what he's done for us by blessing us with all spiritual blessings is that he's put within us The capacity to receive spiritual things. We did not have that capacity before Christ. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were not alive unto God. And therefore, we did not have a receiver on the inside of us. Come on now. So now, because we are born of God, because the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us and we're new creations in Christ Jesus... We have a receiver on the inside of us that is able to receive the transmissions of the Spirit. Jesus referred to it as a well. Remember that in John, the fourth chapter, he told the woman who at, at the well, he said, he said, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst. But if you drink of the water that I shall give, You'll never thirst again," she said. "Get forever, give me this water. She she wants that water. Everybody wants that water. And he said, uh, "The water that I shall give shall spring up in him a well, springing up into everlasting life." So, what was he saying? He was saying the fulfillment of the scripture that the spiritual blessings that come from the throne of God now have a conduit within the heart of man. And all of God's desires and all of God's will now can flow freely from the river that is by his throne down into the hearts of men and women who have called by his name and they can receive... The abundance of God. See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon the, uh, the prophet, would come upon the king, would come upon the priest, but it wasn't a work within. See, it was as the Spirit willed. When the Spirit moved on them, it says, And the, and the word of the Lord came unto me. Well, how the Word came unto an Old Testament believer and how the Word comes to a New Testament believer is entirely different. They could only receive on the outside because their heart wasn't yet transformed and they were not born of God. But thank God, you and I, who have made Jesus Lord of our life, Now have the well of salvation. That means this, that that great river that comes from the throne of God, that well has been dug deep within us, and that life now springs through that well. Then he talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in John the 7th chapter. And he says, If any man believe on me, out of his belly... What's he talking about? Out of his spirit shall flow rivers of living water. Come on now. Rivers of living water. And what do rivers represent? They represent surging power. So it's not just a well as a resource for fulfillment, for for sustenance, and for uh, a thirsty heart to be filled and satisfied, but it's also a torrent of power... That flows from within the believer, not only into their own personal life, but into the lives of others. Yes. Yes. Now you're now you're getting you're getting a hold of this. Now listen, before I throw this scripture on you, I'm, on, I'm going to explain it to you. How do you remember uh, Matthew chapter sixteen? Anybody remember that? Okay, I know some of you do. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, well, you know, they say you're Jeremiah. They say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. They say this. He says, who do you say that I am? Now listen. Peter, impetuous Peter. Peter, that almost sunk when he was walking on water. Peter, the one who always put his foot in his mouth. Peter, the one who just said things that he shouldn't say and was interrupted by God on the Mount of Transfiguration. He says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now notice what Jesus says. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood did not reveal to me. You didn't get it from any outside source. But my father in heaven, what was he saying? What was he saying to them? He was saying God was testing the line from heaven to the heart of man. And he had inspired utterance and revelation from the wells of salvation that had been hooked up to the river. This is how we receive everything. It's how we receive everything. It's how we receive revelation from God. It's how we receive healing from God. It's how we receive the miraculous. It's how we receive provision. Notice what it says here. Notice what it says. All right, let's go back and read it. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. How many need some power? Hallelujah. Through his spirit. Notice that. If he stopped there, that'd be pretty cool. But it doesn't necessarily show us the transmission or the transaction, does it? But he goes on and he says this. In your inner being. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Well, you know what? I need them in earthly places. How about you? I need some earthly place provision. I need some earthly place healing. Come on now. How do I receive it? I receive strength by his spirit to my spirit. Mm. Where am I going to receive? I'm going to receive spiritual things in my spirit first. Not in my soul, not in my physical body. That's the reason why you may not feel symptoms leave immediately. You have to understand that spiritual things have to pass through the spiritual transaction. and the, and, and when spirit goes to spirit, it begins to uh, it begins to be like a money exchange. It exchanges the currency of the spirit to physical currency. In the world, it brings about and and makes flesh what is in the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus was the word made flesh. We, through the virtue of understanding and knowing, you know, what we have in Christ Jesus knows that the transaction of heaven and what Jesus has done for us has to be first received in our spirit, and then there is a making of flesh to where we can begin to feel, touch, and taste, and it's tangible to the physical senses. Is that making sense to you? Okay? So we receive strength by his spirit, to our spirit. So where is God going to minister healing to us? He's going to minister healing first in our spirit. Amen. You've got the healer on the inside. But you've got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. So I know I've already received. How about you? Because he says, "I've been blessed." With these things, they're not things I have to pray. Oh, 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 oh! Oh, Come on, get all religious. They're not things that I have to pray for. Direction from God, I need to pray for. You know whether to do this, whether to do that. But when it comes to redemptive realities, I just simply need to come into agreement with what He's already done. Amen? Praise God. So I come into agreement with what he has already done. Amen? Because I've already been blessed. So this is the way that I pray. This is the way that I pray. Father God, I thank you. I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. You've done it for me. You healed me. You restored me in Christ Jesus. I just receive from you now all the provision and release it into my physical body right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's important for us to understand this. Because Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, is God's yes and amen. Amen. So we have to put our amen with God's yes. We have to say, so be it. What is confession? Confession is saying the same thing as. It's coming into agreement and saying, you said it, I believe it, and I know that it is done. Amen? Because I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? But I need it now. I need it in the physical realm. Well, how do I transact that? Well, let's, let's talk about what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, he says, my spirit prays. Okay, notice that. If you look it up in the uh, more expanded translation, like the Amplified, it says this, and this is the secret right here. This is the secret. Get a hold of this. Yes. He says, "When I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, prays." Yes. Amen. Thank you. So now let's take that transaction and begin to look at it in other ways. Okay. So when I need healing in my body, my spirit by the Holy Spirit brings forth healing in my body. When I need provision in my life, my spirit by the Holy S- come on now. He takes hold together against the situations in my life and gives me unction and utterance to bring forth so that that can come out from the wells of salvation. And begin to splash on the weak areas of my physical body and get involved in the areas of my life. Are you with me tonight? Are we okay? You sure? Okay, alright. Listen, this is spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. Amen? Amen? Praise God. You've got to, you've got to get a hold of it. Realize that you are not a human being having a spiritual experience. That you are a spirit creation having a human experience. And that you're a spirit first and foremost. That you've been born of God. And praise God, just like he says, I, Paul, an apostle, we need to understand oh, yes, yes. that even though in the natural we may not feel like much, But in the spiritual, Christ has seated us with him in the heavenly places. This positional strength that we have is something that should fortify our lives and give us the mental capacity and strength to be able to walk fearlessly in this life. Because we can be intimidated by this life. We can be intimidated by our own flesh. We can be intimidated by the words of others. But when we begin to realize that this is a reality, regardless of whether we feel like it or not, regardless of whether we feel like we're in good standing with the Lord or not, come on now. We know that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. In Christ Jesus, Amen. It's just an, it's important for you to know that, Amen. Let, let's look at let's look at Colossians. Let's let's finish this thought out. Colossians. <clears throat> let's look at Colossians here, where he's praying in verse eleven of chapter one. It says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Notice that. In order to, to uh, you know, be qualified to receive this inheritance, you have to understand that you receive this. You receive it as if it's already done. You don't look at it in the future. Well, God's going to get me out of this in the future, or God's going to... No, He has blessed us. You understand what I'm saying? He has blessed us. Let's go to another scripture. Um, let's go to, I believe, Second Peter. Second Peter. Praise the Lord! Did y'all bring your Bibles? Amen. Verse 3 of chapter 1. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things. How many things? That pertain to life and godliness. So is health and healing life? Is provision life? Then He's given us all things that pertain to that. Notice this is also in the past tense. He has granted. It's already done. Say it out loud. It's already done. It's already done. Convince yourself of that. That it's already done. That God who planned your life has already made provision. Has already made provision and power. Has already made purpose for you. So you don't need to wonder about it anymore. You just need to simply make it your aim to draw close to Him, to hear His voice, and to know the next step that you need to take. For the steps of righteous people are ordered of God. Amen? But notice it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But notice it says, Through the knowledge of him. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Amen. That's powerful. It's already done. It's already done. But it's only through our attainment of knowledge of what was done in Christ Jesus that the proportion of that knowledge. Remember, Jesus said this. Um, I believe it's in Mark the fourth chapter. He says, "Take heed to how you hear, or to what you hear, for the measure that you a measure of thought and study." That you give to what you hear is the amount of power and virtue that is measured back to you. And to him that hath shall more be given. So what's he saying? Just simply me reading this scripture to you isn't going to make a difference in your life. It might spark some kind of quest to understand this so that it can become a reality in your life. But just simply listening to it is not. It's the amount of thought and study you give to this verse and the amount of pursuit that you give to it that causes what's inherently in it, the power of God, to begin to manifest in your life in a greater measure and degree. And to the more that you know these scriptures, the more life you'll begin to experience in them. Amen? How many have found that to be true? I found that to be true even in scriptures like Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Surely he hath borne my sickness and carried my pains. I've used that scripture countless times. But each time I go to it, there's more inherent power in that than in anything I could ever tap into in the physical realm. And I learn more about that scripture even though I think I may know everything about it and may have meditated on it for hours, there's still more to be mined in the Word of God. Are you with me? Let me get a drink here. Amen. So it's you have a part to play in this. It isn't just going to happen because you heard the Scripture or even read it one time. It has to become a part of you. The Word has to become flesh. And how it does that is by taking things that are spiritual, which is the seeds of the Word of God, putting them within your receiver or your soil, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to put His supernatural work to cause those things to come out into your life. Amen? Let's look at another scripture before we move on. <clears throat> Let's look at First Thessalonians. See, you've got to be convinced that the seed that we're putting in tonight is the Word of God. See, you can't think it's inferior seed. See, because the amount of thought and study that you put to it is the amount of power and virtue that's measured back to you and more will be given. Amen? Do you believe that? Okay, so when we look at the 13th verse of chapter 2, It says, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. Now you could put the period on there and that'd be a good verse, but he doesn't stop there. Notice what he says, which is at work in you who believe the word is at work in those who believe the word is at work in those who believe. How do I take the spiritual concepts, the spiritual seed of this word? I take it into my receiver. I take it into my heart. And by the spirit and my spirit, it begins to manifest in my physical body. Notice what it says. Here's another translation. The Weiss translation says, which is being constantly set in operation in you who believe. The word is constantly being set in operation by you who believe. Amen. Amen? The Amplified says it this way, which is effectually at work in you, who believe, exercising its inherent supernatural power in those who are in faith. Amen? I'm telling you, you can't lose. Amen? It's how we receive strength. It's how we receive these blessings right here. Everybody say this. He has blessed me with all Spiritual blessings, spiritual blessings in heavenly places he has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places he has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places so you've got to make that a confession you got to make that you take that in you've got to make that your your word amen He's given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I can be made a partaker of the divine nature. Amen? In my, you know, in my uh, Adamic nature, I have sickness, I have disease, I have infirmity, I have weakness, I have addiction, I have all that. But He's caused me through the knowledge of what Christ did on the cross. He has caused me To be a partaker of the divine nature. As he is, so am I. Praise God. Amen. All right. All right. Are you ready for some more? Okay. We're getting far. I got ten more minutes, but we'll be all right. Okay. Even as he chose us, In him, before the foundation of the world. Now, that's a very uh, difficult phrase in the Greek. And this is just really going to set you on fire. You're not already on fire. This will set you on fire. The word foundation actually means fall. even as he chose us in him before the fall of the world. So before this whole thing went bad, Jesus, God, chose us in him before everything went bad and went south. Now, what's so amazing about this is that, you know, there's some translations that say this. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, it says, we have been chosen. Now, notice this. This is another translation. We have been chosen to be a word before the fall of the uh, of the world. We have been chosen to become a word. Amen? Jesus is the word. We are part of his body. So therefore each of us is a word. Do you understand that? Each of us is a word from God. Each of us is a, a display of his character, of his disposition. And see where I may receive a word from Joel, you know, because Joel is, is, is someone that, that is, he's a, a lover, a, a good brother. Well, I'm receiving a word from his life from the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? But we were chosen to be a word. But we were words without bodies. Are you getting a hold of this? So what God did was he took his nature and he took his disposition and his character and he poured it in a physical vessel. The treasure that's in earthen vessels that Paul talked about is the character and nature of God within the believer. Now, because we failed and, and all have fallen short, that word was suppressed, muffled, and buried over because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But you know, David said this as a psalm. He said, you will light my candle. What was he talking about? He was talking about the illumination when life comes into the spirit of man And unveils all of the wonderful, beautiful things that God has put within the individual. And it's only when we're born of God that we're able to see who we are truly. Who we were truly created to be. I submit to you that you were not even truly human as God defined it. Unless Christ has come into your heart and made you whole. And so that word comes alive. And what is that word? It is your destiny. It is your purpose. It is the reason why you're put upon this earth. It's through your actions, through your unction to bring forth that Word into this generation so that God's Word can fill the whole earth. And that's... See, we had a wonderful spirit lab Monday night. And Marvin Yoder just spoke some really powerful things. And there were many, you know, that uh, brought forth tongues and interpretation and, and, and prophetic utterances. And uh, as we were closing the service, I began to get another, you know, prof- prophetic utterance. And it was about the blueprint of God. And what he wanted the students to know and what he wants you to know right now, because he's given me the unction to give it forth to you the, tonight is that you were born with a blueprint. Yes. Already pre-designed. Yes. He goes on and he says of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him and period there, and that's a good place to put the period, but we need to understand there's no periods, there's no, there's no um, any kind of, of periods or, or in, in the Greek language. It's all one long sentence. And so it's really dependent on the translators to where to put the period. But I believe the period is right where it needs to be in the ESV. Because it says in love. Come on now. In love he predestined us. The word predestined isn't that he decides whether you're saved saved or not. Or whether you're going to go to hell or go to heaven. That's not what it means. It means a pre-design. So that means this, before you even came alive in your mother's womb, God had a pre-design plan, a blueprint, a word that you are supposed to bring in this earth. Are you awake out there? I've run out of time. I've got four minutes to get, to get this across. But notice it. He predestined you for the adoption to himself as, as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Amen. Do you see how this is the gospel? This is the gospel. This is the Pauline revelation. He says, you're looking for purpose. Look no further. You'll find it in Christ Jesus. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He calls you as a word before the foundation of the world and has a pre-designed plan for your life. And the only way you're going to find that, the only way it's going to be unveiled to you is through Jesus Christ and the knowledge of Him. Jesus said in John the 17th chapter, He said, this is life eternal. Everyone is looking for eternal life. Everyone is looking for extension of life. He said, this is life as God has it. That they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It is through our knowledge of Him that reveals the plan and purpose and pre-design of God. People are looking for it through education. They're looking for it through relationships. They're looking for it through vocation. They're looking for it in every way and means necessary, other than where it is truly found in Christ Jesus. Everybody say this My identity identity is in Christ. Christ. My plan plan is is in Christ. My destiny. Is in Christ. in Christ. My life, my life is hid, is hid. In, Christ. in Christ. Praise God. The psalmist said that my unformed substance you saw in me, and the days of my life are written in advance. We're looking at someone that has already administrated your life and planned its purpose. You are not an accident. You are a word that was set forth before the foundation of the world. God said, I want to show this side of my character. So he put it within Dave Kennedy. He said, I want to show this, this highlight of my personality. So he put that within Leela. Do you see the reason why we shouldn't try to copy other people? Do you see why we should celebrate? Now, before Christ, I couldn't celebrate much, you know, because I was dead in my trespasses and sin, living life in mimicry and imitating and thinking that I was this big rebel and, you know, come on now. But when Jesus came in, I became truly who I was called to be. And what happened was, is that that energy by the Holy Spirit and that light, as David said, you'll light my candle, the Holy Spirit illumination came on the inside of me. Amen? And the life that was hidden in Christ, in God, it was being revealed. And I began to see things I never saw before. They were always there, guys. They were always there. It's just you weren't connected to life. It's just, you know, how many remember when I did the sermon on Earl the Toaster? How many remember that, Earl the Toaster? Okay. Some of you, you that's old school, Earl the Toaster. Well, you know, Earl the Toaster didn't know he was a toaster. He was in a box. He didn't have any way of knowing that. None. None. Everything within him was created. The coils, the electrical capacity and everything was there to cook toast, to make toast. He didn't have any idea what it was. And because he was never hooked to the source that would awaken those things, he could be used as a hammer. He could be used as a toy. He could be used as other things. Even though the equipment's there. The equipment's there. He doesn't know what, you know what the little slider is. He doesn't know what the knobs do. He doesn't have any clue. But then someone plugs him in. Hello. Plugs him in. And all of a sudden, the electrical current coming from that source comes in and energizes all the components that's on the inside of him. And although he doesn't fully understand it, he knows something's different. It doesn't feel like when they were trying to hang that picture on the wall and they were using him, you know, because he was heavy. Or he was in a toy box, you know, being used, you know, you run around like a car. He realizes something's different. And then all of a sudden, someone puts two pieces of toast, slaps them down, and all of a sudden, he just begins to heat up. And he can feel, man, something's going on. Something's happening in my life, man. Hallelujah. And then pop comes out those two pieces of toast. And I mean, they're golden brown and delicious. And and people take them and they butter them up and they sit there and eat them right in front of him, And they talk about how good and toasty they are. And he's just so happy. So he gets involved in church and he's making toast. That's what he's doing. I'm making toast. What are you called to do, brother? I'm called to make toast. I love to make toast. That's what I do. And he makes the toast, and he makes the toast, and he makes the toast, and then he makes the toast. And then someone comes to him and says, You know what? I don't think they like your toast. Said man, people are saying your toast is crumbly and is, you know, it messes up and they can't spread the the butter on it anymore and sometimes it's uneven and sometimes you know, the enemy comes in and starts telling you, you know, Oh yeah, they don't really appreciate you. You know. They don't really appreciate the gift that you give, you know. You've been doing that toast now for five years. You know, and haven't got one promotion. Come on now. I haven't got one promotion. I haven't got, you know, where where are you at? Well I was created to make toast. I was created to make toast. What else am I gonna do? Well, you know, you could do other things, you know, you can go out and do other things. So what does Earl do? Unplugs himself from the source. Goes off and tries to become something that he's not. See, he was only fulfilled when he was making toast because all the components on the inside of him were to make toast. Now, there are electrical components that you can put in all different kinds of appliances, and some of them are the same. Some of them in the toaster be the same in a, in a conventional oven, whatever, they, the, you know. But yet they were put together because there's differences of administration. No two gifts are the same. See, you were pre-designed and made for specific things, not general things. Now, we have to do the general things to get a hold of the specific. Most people, they want the specific without doing the general. But you've got to do the general first because God tests you in that time. Because if you begin to do something that you have not grown into, you will sabotage it. So it's only through my abiding in him and growing in my character with him that I begin to get I, identify who I am because as he is so am I. So you know, I don't look in the Bible for me. You know, a lot of people have yearbook salvation. <laughs> you know, they look in the Bible and they, you know, once you got your yearbook, the first picture you want to see was you. And most people look at the Bible and they try to find them. No, you find Jesus. You find Jesus in every scripture. And when you find him, you find you. Amen? Amen? And when you find him, then things start to click. Because we're parts of his body. The hand is not the foot and the foot's not the hand. The ear's not the eye. But the nose is not the mouth. Each of us have a piece of the Word of God. Oh, I hope you're getting this. In each of our lives. We're an expression of His character, of His nature. We don't have all of it. He had the Spirit without measure. We've got it in measure. But when we come together collectively, and that's the reason why the Bible says, come together and so much the more as you see the day approaching... Is because the more the collective body gets together, the more manifestation of the full character and nature of God is. If we want to see the glory of God, then we've got to come together in unity. And you were not predestined to be by yourself. You were predestined and prearranged in the body of Christ. That means that you're dependent on other people as well. And that you are in an interdependency with other parts of the body. And that God has set you as it pleases Him, not as it pleases you. Come on. He predestined us for the adoption to Himself. And the word adoption doesn't mean that you were some scruffy old kid That uh, nobody wanted. It meant that adoption, when it came into the first century in Roman culture, meant that even if you were born into the house, you had to grow into the position of a son of the house. So even a firstborn son would not necessarily inherit the name of the family and the position of the father. It could be the third or fourth born son. It's those that qualified, and Jesus has qualified every one of you to be adopted into the family of God as an heir of God. And a joint heir with Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Everything I shared with you is good news. Every bit of it. Amen? Hallelujah. I've run out of time. I'm going to have to quit. But if you're here and you need prayer... You need something from the Lord and you need some of those spiritual blessings to manifest in your life. We have people that will come together with you and agree with you and pray with you to help those things begin to manifest in your life. If you need to be born again, we're going to be right here. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord or you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit or you need healing and deliverance in your life, we have ministers that will assist you. Yes, Amen? Man. And I'm very excited about our time together. Of course, the women's meeting is going to be off the chain. But Sunday, my elder brother, Randy Clay, is going to be here. David Amai is my father. Randy Clay is my older brother. And uh, Randy was diagnosed with cancer And almost died several times. He was on kidney dialysis. They said he would never get off. He's off. And been off for years. And has been cancer free for years. His testimony will bring life and light to all who hear it. So I would encourage you tonight to make plans to be here for yourself but to bring someone else so that they can hear this dynamic message. And I guarantee you they're going to receive a good news gospel message that Jesus is the healer accompanied by signs and wonders following and testimony of the goodness of God lived out in real time. And you can't get anything better than that. So I would encourage you, let's fill the place up. Let's bring in people who are dealing with infirmity in their life, and we will see them healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed.